Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Uh, let's see. Thank you to Nobles Networking for the free internet. You guys are awesome. Thank you to Red Circle. All the sponsors uh, before the show, middle of the show, and after the show. Thank you all. Put a little change in my pocket. Uh, the Bourbon Joy Chocolates who sent me some free stuff here recently. They were amazing. If you have a product that you would like us to talk about on the show or sample, uh, hit me up and I will give you the address and uh, you can send me free stuff. I love free stuff. Um, tonight, uh, I've got some good friends here with me and we get to hear one of theirs uh, story. Um, how they got into music, why they're in music, what makes them love country music. Um, Mr. Dustin Heron, who I'm excited to have back with me. Uh, how you doing today, Dustin? I'm doing great, Josh. Thanks. Uh, you just well, cooked a fantastic steak, by the way. I had to after you kicked my butt all gonna, day in golf. I did not know you were going to feed me, but had I known that, I'd have well, been here a lot sooner. Well, you know, I always I always take care of my girls. Um, uh, <laughs> the pretty ones. The the pretty ones with curly hair. Curly y'all are, hair. y'all are my favorite. Um, and then also here with us tonight, Mr. Tyler Branch, who's been with me for a hot minute now, and. Uh, we're going to make this the Dustin Heron show tonight, but I yeah, couldn't think boy. of a better person to sit here with me and give Dustin a hard time than you. Cheers, brother. <laughs> well, I just hope you've been having a good time uh, while you've been down here. I've had too good a time, I think, if uh, that's we, possible. We both have. Um, <laughs> speaking of good times, before we get started with this, I think we need to tell uh, Mr. Lee Tucker what a great job he did this weekend with the Riders Round thing. He worked so hard this he week. He did, man. He put so much effort and planning into it. I mean... Hats off to Lee because he he loves songwriting. He loves sharing it with everybody. He did a great job this weekend. He pulled it off for sure. I know we all enjoyed ourselves. It was a it was a dang good time. I'm still uh, recovering from enjoying myself. <laughs> uh, and also too, thank you to Tammy and Tim Moore for having all of us down there. It was a uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, so. What? What a great place, right? Oh my God, it was beautiful. You can't help but have a good time. Down oh my gosh, man. that's God's country for yes, sure. Yes, sir, you're right. Well, I am from there, so yeah. You know, I'm just saying you should have known by knowing me that it was going to be a beautiful place wherever I came from. Um, did not we're going to be kind of serious because uh, well, every once in a while you get to start hearing people's stories, not just being friends and drinking buddies and stuff with, but you get to hear why somebody is who they are and uh the past week with dustin being here and uh you got to hear more than just uh what a great musician i think he is and a lot of y'all do too you got to hear kind of the heart and the reason why he has some of the strong lyrics that he does some of the awesome songs his new song that just came out um it's me again jesus if you hadn't listened to it yet uh go download it it's on all major platforms it's awesome but i asked dustin to hang around a little bit longer and uh, kind of tell his story the way that others have told on their show because I think it's something that'll benefit and help somebody that's listening. So I appreciate you sticking around, Dustin. Oh, yeah, man. I thank you for giving me a chance to, you know, kind of talk that way. And Well, it's not always a, you know, we was talking about it on the porch a while ago. It's not always a party with us. A lot of people tend to think it is. Uh, but there's a lot of heart and there's a lot of things that go into the stuff we do, especially songwriting for y'all. And uh, that's the side I want people to know of y'all, not just uh, getting rowdy. I think I think this is a good opportunity for people to connect with you. Uh, so let, let's start like this. Uh, 
You know, what got you going into music in the first place? It, it, it was music in general. You know, um, the radio, um, songs, voices, subject matter, stuff that uh, I grew up uh, back in Hartford, Alabama, and I got, to, I got to spend a lot of time on my grandfather's farm riding around with the farm hands, and there ain't nothing else to do in that tractor but listen to that radio. And I got to hear Randy Travis's and Keith Whitley's and all that good stuff. And I can still see that. I can still remember that I can, you know, those are the the senses that bring back the smells. The, I know everything the first time I heard Digging Up Bones. You know, I know exactly where I was at. And you just connected to it from there on out, high school on out. It was always going to be a part of you. So can I ask, was there, because we, we obviously love all that old country stuff, but was there one one song or one artist or one sound in general that reached out and grabbed you by the heart and you were like, oh, my God? No, it was Keith Whitley. There you go. I mean, when I heard Keith Whitley, it just, that was it. I mean, there's nothing else you know how to say. You don't have to say anything else. People that listen to Keith Whitley, they know I mean, it's this is one of those that clearly left way too young, but his songs are still to this day. You can turn some Whitley on, and if you got half a damn brain, you know you're listening to greatness. And every song, every line, or whatever is something else that makes you just attached to him, and and love him so much. So, and you could even as a child, you could you could feel that you could sense that connection he had to there, there's something more in his voice or something at least i did I, I didn't realize it until later but there's a reason why i would rather sing that versus you know just some other hokey pokey whatever going on right but, and see that's something i admire about y'all is you know you are obsessed with the message and you're not going to just put out something that your heart's not in. And I love that about people. It makes you not just a performer. It makes you an artist. And I feel like that's the way that all of y'all are. I don't, I don't see any of y'all. I mean, of course, you have to be a performer and everything. But there's a big difference. We, we, you know, we all see mu music acts or whatever. And they're just up there to get a check. And it's obvious. You know, they, they don't care about it. And everybody that we've been around, especially this past weekend, Kristen Kelly and Trey and Lee and y'all, you're, you're artists. And you take so much pride in what you do because of Keith Whitley, because of folks like Merle and, and all that. And uh, I think it's just cool. I love y'all's outlook on music. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we all want to get the check. You know, I, I don't, I'm not trying to make everybody cry in their beer. You know, I want to write songs that, that are upbeat too, and, and but that are relatable. But it's just so it's so easy to get drawn into those ones that really tear your heart out. And yeah, I mean, it took a while too to figure out that you are an artist, and that's why that's why you lean the way you do. And I I think it's took a lot of uh, a lot of time for a lot of people to figure out. No, 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 you got something you want to say. That's that's the most important. Well, I mean, that's like that project that Kristen's working on right now. There's something worth saying. That, I mean, that's there it, it is. Yeah, something worth saying. There you go. 
I mean, that's it. I mean, I that's so respectable, though. I mean, of course, like I said, you want to have a good time, but, you know, uh, I've brought it up several times. Me and Tyler, when we were on, uh, when we were on our little, whatever, road tour. Adventure. Yeah, adventure we was on, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, road trip. I don't know why the hell I called it a tour. Um, but we played sad songs the entire time, and not one time were we sad. Uh, and people call them sad songs. I don't. I just call them real. I mean, and there's stuff that are so relatable, and it's they have lines in it that you cannot get anywhere else. Um, you know, the three of us joked around last week about going to get a tattoo on your birthday. No, I wanted to. I did too. If, but... if Lee Tucker would have given me <laughs> a 30-minute window in between our schedule of breakfast, brunch, and dinner, I would have went and got me one. <laughs> okay, for those who don't know, <laughs> Lee Tucker is a stickler for a schedule and don't know how the hell to keep one himself. No. Like he's people, the only person I know who who schedules downtime. He schedules naps. Yeah, he Send schedules it. naps, and all of us were gonna go get tattoos on Friday, and we couldn't line up a time to go get tattoos, because <laughs> um, we had to have dinner at ten thirty at no, night. We had to have breakfast, brunch, lunch, mid afternoon snack. How much of before I tell the tattoo story? How much of a uh, how much of that food? Lee Tucker spent about eight hundred dollars on food. Yes, this past weekend. But thank you because I ate some of it myself. It mm-hmm. was great. But uh, how much of it was left when y'all left yesterday? In all honesty, yeah. Out of the eight hundred dollars, probably six hundred and ninety-seven dollars worth. Really was left? Nah. No, no, not at all. He did a great job. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just aggravating him there. Just I know, we all like to give him. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, what What was left was majority condiments. We didn't. We definitely we bought those thinking we would just leave them there for the next guest that comes. Right, right. So that was not really, yeah. you know, it wasn't a waste. And you know, obviously, when you come and stay at somebody's place, you want to leave it better than you did. So we, you know, that's that's not normally a uh, Airbnb type no, atmosphere. So. No. For uh, Tim and Tammy to do what they did, uh, Lee made sure to leave it in better circumstances than it was, so to and, speak, before. And did very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we appreciate well. Tim and Tammy so much for that. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for all of us. But no, I ate a ham sandwich every afternoon, and right before I went to bed, I normally had a little peanut butter and jelly. So well, I'm glad okay. Lee gave you enough time to do that, sir. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, th- I thought he was going to start scheduling showers for y'all. Hey, I, I did have to make sure I knew which bathroom he was going to, so I knew which one I could go to. It was a great uh, you time. can't go to the same bathroom as Lee Tucker. You'll well, never get in there. Well, he ha- he he literally has a toothbrush that tells him when he can quit brushing. So no, I heard it. I heard it with his two-stroke. Oh yeah, we yes. heard it. We heard it on your Snapchat. <laughs> what are you doing in there? Yeah, brushing my tooth. <laughs> <laughs> so late. So ladies. Lee Tucker has some clean teeth, no doubt. Yeah, yes. great oral hygiene. And, and in all fairness, now we we we, uh, we get on Lee a lot, and it's easy to poke fun at him because he does. He gets so worked up and so stressed, but it's because he cares about it. Oh, and yeah. that goes back to the that goes back to the fundamentals of it all. You know, he just well, I mean, to be successful at anything like any of us are trying to be, you have to plan and like that. 
And it's, you know, I give him just as much hell as, as you. Actually, I didn't know anybody gave him as much hell as I do until I got around you the past week. And then I figured out why Lee doesn't like me and you hanging out. <laughs> or just, well, I, I will oh, say for the record, <laughs> I will say for the record as a spectator for a lot of it, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Oh, the Snapchat? <laughs> I'm usually the one Snapchatting Lee. Just him driving me insane. But the Snapchats I got at y'all at Tractor Supply and you in that van, it made, it made, my, it made my weekend. Um. But what I was getting to with anyway, the tattoos, yeah. yeah, yeah, let's get off of Lee before he calls and he's like, buddy, you ain't got to do all that. Um, but the, about the songs, when we wanted to go get the tattoos and didn't know what you were going to get, but me and Tyler had already figured out that what we were going to get was there was two songs that we listened to on that trip more than any of the other ones. And it was uh, Merle Haggard was his, uh, If Heaven Was a Drink of Wine. And uh, whichever version of Footlights we were listening to, oh yeah, at the time we mm-hmm. listened to every Man. version that there was. But uh, so he was going to get a line from Footlights, and I was going to get a line from uh, "If Heaven Was a Drink of Wine." And um, you know, it, it wouldn't have been a sad tattoo because it was maybe oh, a, that's a, a memory, dude. Maybe we'll go tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it, not even a sad line from it, but it no. would just be meaningful. And people don't get that when those musicians. They still do, not as many do, but pour their heart and soul on the good days and the bad days into those lines. And, you know, when you got folks like y'all that are still putting content like that out and songs and lyrics out like that, that's just so meaningful to so many people. And, you know, I, I just applaud you for it. I didn't I didn't know about you until the past couple of years because of Lee and them. Um, damn glad now you're my buddy. And I got somebody to play golf and and have a good time. And when you get to hole 18, you're like, oh, we got a couple more. Yeah. The rest of my <laughs> friends are like, no, we got to go. I mean, Dustin's like, oh, let's go find these random that high sun, school that kids. That sun's still up. Yeah, <laughs> let's keep going. I'm fine with it. Um, But uh, I don't know. I just, I just love what you put out. I love what Tyler puts out. And the majority of our friends, because it's meaningful. And I think that's, you know – what kind of got me and you into some of the deeper conversations we've been into, like even on the porch a while ago, about, you know, being where you're supposed to be, even though it's not where you want to be. You know, if you right off the bat, your first song was a number one hit. Oh, dude. I think your career... It'd be already over. It's over with. Yeah. I think that right now with you and a bunch of other musicians that are... You know, just getting going good. I think you're building character. I think you're building songs. I think that even though you might not have wrote something yet, the experiences that you're going through right now is going to help you write. And you now I look forward to seeing what all you've got coming. Uh, I'm supposed to be looking at this thing you sent no, me. No, 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 to, no. To no. see what... Uh, it was just to help keep me straight. No, no, we're going we're gonna to help keep you straight. Uh, let's see. Well, Recap the weekend of shows. We did that. Yeah. Now you go ahead, Tyler, if you got a question. Well, no, I, what I was going to say about songwriting is what I found in my, in, and I feel like you probably know what I'm talking about, Dustin. In your songwriting experience, you go back and listen to things that you wrote five, six, ten years ago, and you hear something in there sometimes, and it sparks a whole new idea. Or you go back and rework an idea. Or you take things from a certain time when you played a song for somebody, and then they go, oh, man, that just made me feel so and so, and you, <coughs> excuse me, and you go from there, 
and and sometimes it sparks a whole new idea. It's just a it's like a snowball thing. It's a it's a whole process. That's why they call it the songwriting process. It's not just about sitting in a room going from point A to point B with a certain idea. It's a songwriting. It's a continuous process. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely a process. Maybe for me also. Um, I just when I started, you know, it was just make stuff rhyme. You know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of copy maybe so to speak what you've heard on the radio those are the fun ones and then you remember why you started like, oh write a song about what you're feeling right now mm-hmm. when did you write your first song i i was in college and it was uh i'd had a friend that uh had he he had been uh he'd been in an accident on a dirt road and uh I wrote this song called Down the Dirt Road, and um, it's one of my probably most popular songs as far as I, I uploaded it to YouTube back when you had these little hand recorder things. They weren't even iPhones yet, and, uh, I, you know, it, it was the first, like, piece of art I think I ever created as far as music went, and it was slow, and it was simple, and it was raw. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, and, and people, and I know everybody loves it and it's, it's so hard when people come up at the end of the night when you're playing a show back home and they request it and I want to play it. I really do. I just want to make it be the right time and the right setting before I do it. But yeah, down the dirt road was, that was probably the first complete. Where'd you go to college at? I went to school at Auburn, um. War Eagle. War Eagle, yeah. (laughs) My whole family's Alabama fans, and uh, we grew up on a farm. And uh, honestly, I didn't know what else to do other than – I didn't know what you could be in life. I mean, I really didn't. I played baseball, thought I'd go do that. I mean, I thought I'd be a Chipper Jones one day. And uh, anyway, um, all my friends started going to Auburn. I went to one Auburn game with a guy I played uh, high school ball with. And it, I saw that eagle fly around that stadium, and I tell you what, man, I it, I will say this: there's been a there's been some very big major life decisions I've made off of gut instinct. And when I saw that eagle fly around, I was like, "This is where you make your life decision on where you're going to school at." I still remember the first time I did. I grew up with a. Uh... My best friend growing up, Cody Wiggins, his grandmother and uh, grandfather were alum there. Whole families went there. And so, like, around middle school, we started going to all the football games. Uh, I loved it there. I mean, I loved every bit of it. I've been on the field before with him when he went as a recruit. And you're right, when you see that eagle fly and the whole stadium just goes ape shit. Oh, man. And, dude. The, the amount of country music that was there, the amount of, that's where I learned to play music. I was surrounded. I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize that who Adam Hood was. I didn't know who Chris Posey was, Tony Brooke, you know. It was a mecca of country music for us. And I know Athens, I know you guys had a, a pile of folks, you know. That it's up, not really Athens here. It's Georgia Southern. Well, at the time, oh, so th- right, you got to understand right. this is yeah. like two thousand eight ish. You know, mm-hmm. Jason Isbell 
would even come play with a 400 unit at the strut and duck. Oh, I like Jason which, Isabel. if it wasn't for the strut and duck and a guy I went to college with, Adam Shannon, I wouldn't be as broke as I am right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I had a great career going until I played Seminole Win for the first time at the Auburn Oyster Bar. But you know what? It's been a blessing and a curse. But I always, always, I always have to aggravate my buddy Adam about that. Like, if you never would let me play that first song. I yeah. went to uh, last time I was there. Was it the Sky Bar? Oh yeah, that's a big Sky Bar. bar. I went with uh, Justin Dukes and uh, Matt McKinney. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I got on stage, and I might have overindulged in a couple beverages, and uh, I made a Nick Saban joke. Did it go over well? It went very well. Oh god, you can't go wrong. <laughs> I know it went very very well, <laughs> and uh, I don't even remember what it was. But I said something about Nick Saban being the devil. And uh, I hate Nick Saban. He made Tebow cry. Anybody made, ah. anybody that's made Tebow cry, I just I have nothing for. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I said it. And after that, I didn't have to buy a drink the rest of the night. I, was, I mean, I don't know. You're a he, legend I don't even know. I don't even know why Dooksy got me up on stage. Cause he Were y'all me. in the front room or the back room? I think it's the front half. The front, y'all were doing the acoustic room. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was the front part. Yeah, because um, it's a little like triangles. Yeah, yeah, stage. A little triangle stage. Yeah, and uh, why Dukes got me up there? Does, I don't have a clue. Doesn't matter. Uh, like you said, sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time, and you don't you don't got a question. There, there's a picture right. of me and Lee Tucker and Dukesy and Matt McKinney standing on stage where the neon lights are. Right How here. long ago is this? This wasn't that long ago. This is... Oh, wow. I lived in Macon, so three, four years ago. Okay. Yeah, within the last little bit. Yeah, it's been three, four years ago. But I didn't realize how... That's the first time I've been around Matt McKinney. And, like, I'm still pissed that I took a picture standing next to him. Oh, he's massive. <laughs> that oh, my big, God. tall... That dude, dude is so tall. He, he had a picture with him next to The Undertaker, and I said, I don't think people realize... That you're taller than the Undertaker, you know what I mean? The Undertaker. Oh yeah. Matt's Matt's massive. He is. His dad is too. Yeah. And his dad's like the like the softest spoken, kindest guy ever I've ever met. I met his dad and his mom and his brother actually at Lake Jam a few years back. And dude, man, we got together and we were picking at like after we got done with our shows and stuff. And we were sitting there, and he's, he told me, because I've been on stage with Josh and some of them, Josh Sanders and some of them singing harmonies, and his dad was like, oh, man, you know. So we all got together, and his dad would not have it any other way but for us to get together and jam, and me and his dad to sing harmonies while other people sang, and we had the bet. We sang for oh, that's so cool, long dude. that night. But I love his dad, man. Does his dad play, too? I don't think he plays. Oh, I think just he just sings? sings. But, man, he sings harmony very, very well. Oh, okay. He's a super talented vocalist. But, uh. Yeah, I love I love that family. That's man. cool, man. They're good people. When uh when you got done with college, I know you said something earlier about the Delta, and I thought it was funny how you referred to the time your time in the Delta, and uh, what like kind of give me a little info on what uh what you was doing down there. Because I'm guessing you probably went there after school. Yeah, it's when I got through with the uh, college, I went out there. Well, and I was torn the whole time I was in grad school. Like I, uh, I was finally starting to play some clubs. Or starting to play little bars and dives or whatever. And, man, it was just you spend every dollar you got to get over there to play. But I was finally starting to be able to do it, you know, for the first yeah. time I could handle it. 
And uh, anyway, um, I got this job offer, and it was, a, it, it was a great job. I mean, I got to go be a research farmer. You got a, a good salary. You got insurance. You got everything you need. You can prove that you are not just a – you know, you did what you went to college for. All your friends yeah. are working. Everybody else is getting stuff, and now you can too. And uh, the problem was when I got there, it was – I still wanted to do music. I had that itch. But I also knew my music wasn't as far along as what my education slash job career could be. But you didn't start it, though, to like actually trying to be a musician to write to. You were in college there, right? Yeah, I didn't even... I, I, I was only probably three years, four years into it. I just, had, I just had started playing bars at all. And when I say bars, they were just patio gigs. Like, I... I didn't have anything. All the guys that once I went to Nashville, they were in college. They're playing the college circuits. I didn't have that yet. I was just doing small stuff. I I, I was locally famous, to say the best at Auburn Orchestra Bar. That's about it. What what some people call cutting your teeth. Yeah, yeah. I was still cutting my teeth. Yeah. And then I started cutting my really cutting my teeth when I wanted to go try new places and go out. And these weren't just your friends there. You had to actually learn what to do. But anyway. Ended up in Mississippi, and uh, you, when you talk about show up at the right place at the right time, uh, the the town I ended up moving to was Cleveland, Mississippi, and the local bar was called the Pickled Okra, and the there, pickled okra? the Pickled Okra. Nice. And I met a guy named Leaf Lofton, and for y'all don't know who Leaf Lofton is, he is a bad bad man when it comes to playing writing. And just an all-around good guy. And I met him in the Delta. And he's uh, he's still working it hard in Nashville right now. But anyway, yeah. I talk about my time in the Delta. It was what I call like my, that was my second college. That's where I had to go uh, make money, save money, and figure out what I wanted to do. <laughs> I know y'all can't see this, but I have a basset hound. My basset hound is six, seven months old, and he's uh, overly enjoying a pillow at the present moment. While he's chewing on it and slobbering on it, that's what he's doing. Yeah, he's having a good time. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so uh, how long were you down there before uh, before you went all to the next <laughs> Woodrow? <laughs> Don't look at me. Well, Joe, don't look at me. What? <laughs> Bless his heart, he can't help it. So, uh, how long were you down there? Oh, Lord. I'm just going to make it short and simple. I think I was there like four years. And in those four years, I was making progress as a songwriter because there's nothing else to do except work and farm and hunt and write, and that's all I did. That sounds perfect for you. It's the man. home of the blues, man. And everybody down there is associated with music it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter if they're a farmer they're a pharmacist if they're the mortician one of the best artists i've ever met in my life is reverend rob mortimer he's a he is an undertaker and he's a white man and he is reincarnated james brown i'm not kidding whatsoever i didn't get it when i moved out there i didn't know what being an artist was i thought you no you you learned one of the guys that I worked with. He went to school for jazz guitar, 
and he's working side by side with me in the field, chopping cotton, doing whatever. Everybody is amazing. There's people down there that will blow away Nashville musicians. And that's just because that's what you do. Because everybody down there has the blues. Everybody down there. But I think, I don't, it's not a job to them though. No, no, it's, it's their, a way it's of their life. Passion, it's, it's a love. life. It's a life. Every Saturday there's a festival. They, they're running out of festivals to come up with. Jeffrey, I got a shout out to Jeffrey Thomas. Jeffrey and them would go play every weekend because, and they're amazing. They would blow anybody out of the water from anywhere I know. I bet that's where you get a lot of, did you, were you into the blues or anything before you went down there? I saw that it was okay to do other stuff, yeah. but still have that, sickness that the blues the music whatever you still gotta do whatever just because you gotta do what you gotta do to make a living yeah don't mean you ain't got that sickness and when i can see somebody who's very successful with a a, you know another business who still ate up with it i was like okay well i just have to admit i made up with it and it's not one or two it's not one or the other you can have both but get ate up all the way with one of them, and you're ate up all with it. And yeah, it, my favorite music <clears throat> in the world is the blues. Like I love country music uh, through and through, but there's something about when you hear music that comes from that area, muddy waters and all that type of stuff. It just hits you different, and I love hearing when people mesh blues with country or whatever. I absolutely love it. I reckon that's the seed, you know. I think the blues is the seed, and then it just grows from there. Then you got a branch. Then you got another, you know. Blues blues and bluegrass is where a lot of the the sound of country that we know, that we love from back in the day, that's where that all comes from. It was, and it it was a mixture of both, and it kind of grew into what it was. But that old... Oh, when it's a meshing, too. Yeah. That's another thing about the Delta. Um, No matter what kind of climate you're in or whatever, or whatever situation, especially in today's uh, struggle, as you want to call it, Mm -hmm. there's one thing that could always bring everybody together, and the the history of the Delta and, you know, the bad history of the Delta. But you can bring black people and white people together together in something called music and the blues helped to do that and uh i think if there's ever been anything that's gonna fix anything um if that's even the word you want to use is fix or heal or whatever remedy yeah that was something that even in the midst of everything that would go, and this is you gotta understand, this ain't this this is before all the new stuff is going on. All the it, this is 2010, 2011. Everything's pretty much everybody going okay. When I go in them juke joints and like hole in the wall bars, look, we was all sweating together. We was all mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes. We all just. shutting it off for a minute and mm. listening to the music. And you didn't care who you was dancing with. You didn't care what color they was. It was 
it's something that I wish more people knew about or more people could experience or that that would be on the news. You know, you want to you want to see go, go well, want to see how bad the world really is. You want to see how really bad it is. Just take one of those hid cameras and put it in that in, in that joint one night. You're going to hear more about Jesus and more about love than you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it's a you know, a house of sin, so to speak. But one of the coolest moments of my life, and one of the most defining moments of my life, um, it was when we, me and everybody I'd went to high school with, all of us said all around twenty one or something. We all had to be because we were going to make him. But all my friends wanted to go to what used to be like a dance club downtown, and I'd always liked the blues, but really didn't know shit about the blues or whatever. And there's an old blues bar that used to be in downtown Macon. And we'd all went to dinner, and I already was like in this weird place mentally with these people because it was like kind of a three-year reunion or something. And I'm sitting there around this table eating dinner, and I didn't really care about these people anymore. Not in a bad way, but I just didn't give a shit about their opinion of me anymore. And I was struggling with why am I doing this? Why am I eating at a place I don't want to eat? Why am I fixing to go dance and listen to music I don't want to listen to and all this stuff? Because uh, even like when I turned 18, I quit going to house parties and I started to go into Whiskey River and <laughs> making. I, I didn't. I wanted to go listen to country music and I wanted to listen to bands. I didn't want. Yeah. I didn't want to be around a bunch of people I didn't give a shit about. And when we were out this night, uh, we walked right past this. So you're 21 now, finally. Yeah, I'm, I'm like 21. Okay. And when. <laughs> so you can finally go to a bar legally. Oh, yeah, and you're yeah, like, I'm what so do I le- want to be here yeah, for? Yeah, I'm legally able to go to a bar now. <laughs> nothing illegal um, here. <clears throat> nothing at all. Nothing nothing great about Chili's at this point, folks. No, no shit. Uh, so I walked past. We're all in a group or whatever, and we're walking down downtown Macon. We're finna go to this dance club, and we walked right past this blues bar, and it was almost like divine intervention. A door opens, somebody's walking out. And I hear somebody in there just going to town on blues guitar. Okay. And I decide to go in there. And I'm like, hey, it's a little early. I'll catch y'all down there in a few minutes. I want to go hear what this is about. Nobody else went with me. I had like 20 people. Went in there by myself. I sat at the end of this bar with this old black man for the next four, five hours while all the rest of my friends are down at this dance club. And I had one of the best nights of my life. And I just sat there and listened to him. And then I listened to the music and the people that was there. And when I left that night with all my friends and everybody got back home, I made the decision right then. I was like, look, I have followed the crowd the majority of my life. I've wanted to fit in. And I had more fun tonight not fitting in than I would have going there. So in a in a way, like I completely get what you're saying, because that's really one of my favorite nights of my life, because it made me realize I didn't need all the other bullshit. I didn't need other people's approval of me. I could go sit there with that old man and Dude. listen to some good music. And I'm like you. Maybe it's we're old souls. Like uh, I never, I never liked. Um, I shouldn't say I never liked. When we had like field parties or whatever, we'd back our trucks around the yeah. fire or whatever. I was the one playing the music. 
always had the music. And guess what it was? It was the best country music there was. And a lot of times it might not have been the... And back then, so you, <laughs> you didn't have the quote-unquote bro country stuff at the time. So it was everything had some depth to it. Everything was this, but... I always preferred a slow song or, you know, like I said, not necessarily a sad song, but I was 17 years old. There's no reason for me to want to listen to Holding Her and Loving You, you know, but that's just what I like. Did your family listen to it growing up, though? My mama, she always listened to tapes. Um, I'm trying to think. She had, like, Winona. I remember listening, no one else on her. Like yeah. that, or Michael Bolton, for God's sake, she would Ooh. blow that up. Um, but that's where I learned what you know, what's catchy and what's yeah. not. But man, I couldn't wait to get home and listen to the 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 country showdown. I mean, the country countdown. I could not wait to hear Bob Kingsley, and he'd tell those stories about. And Alan Jackson was so-and-so growing up. His grandfather rolled a house down on some. I was like, how do you even do that? You know what I mean? But I couldn't wait. I mean, I couldn't. I just, it was a place to go. If everything got crazy or whatever's wrong with you, music was a place. It wasn't, it wasn't a sound. It was a place, you know? Yeah, and it's, it hits us all differently. Like they, they can be the same song that all three of us sit here and listen to and each one of us get a different meaning out of it. It's, it helps us find our center and sometimes it makes us cry. Sometimes it makes us happy. That's the beautiful thing about country music in my mind is it brings us together. Even though we might not interpret it the same way, it all, it all makes us feel whole. Like I know there's been several times that I've wanted to cry my eyes out Riding dirt roads, sad about a girl breaking your heart or something like that. I'm going to turn on some Doug Stone. I'm going to turn on some Sammy Kershaw. I'm going to turn on the stuff that it just resonates with the moment. And then once that moment hits and that song, it's like forever connected to you. They say smell is like the strongest tie to a memory. But I think music is my one of my strongest ties. Oh. It, it it brings me. I know exactly where I was at. I know exactly what year it was. I know what grade I was in. I know what color my mama's hair was at the time. You know what I mean? I know that Tommy Hilfiger was the cool shirt everybody wore. You know what I mean? Like, and those are the best like memories to me. And uh, when you say it makes you cry or whatever, it, it might make you want to tear up. But it's not a it's not it's not a sad tear. Sometimes. Oh yeah. It's a. Uh, you remember who who your friends was that was still there and what the what color your football team wore back then. I mean, it's when you really start talking about music, like it really, really is a an anchor that brings you back to. I think it's more than an anchor. I think it's therapy. Well, I what think I, it's so therapeutic. Oh no, people. it's definitely my therapy. But what I'm saying is, it's a lifeline that's always going to take you back whether it what you could have your favorite truck or whatever you're never going to forget what that truck looked like the first time you heard that song playing through those speakers mm-hmm. or that girl's eyes the first time you heard anything but mine and you looked at her you're you're never going to forget that the rest of your life it's uh 
it's a pathway in your brain that's always going to be there, you know. There, I, I'll, I'll say this, and I, I understand completely about what you, what you're saying because I, at this point in my life, and with all the crazy stuff that, you know, like I say, we've done on the road, there, I've forgotten a lot more than I'll ever remember. There's one thing, for instance, of what you're talking about. I will never forget this song to the day I die, and it's "Songs About Me" by Trace Atkins. When I turned 16, my granddaddy fixed me up an old, it was an old 66 Ford, and he gave it to me for my birthday. And I was going through, I was getting my license and all that, and I remember it was a week after he gave me that truck, I finally got my license. I passed my driving test and everything. And the first time that I ever got in a vehicle and drove away from my mom and dad's house, and I was the only one in the vehicle. It was my truck, it was my vehicle, I was driving it, nobody else had to be with me. I took off down that dirt road, and I bought a CD, I had a CD player, that I put in this old truck because that was still at the point where you had to buy the whole CD to hear one song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought this whole CD because I wanted to hear Honky Tonk Badonka Donk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't know what else was. I didn't, I didn't even look to see what else was on the CD. And I put this thing in my CD player and I hit play and Songs About Me came on. And I did not change it. And I drove down the road, and I was like, man, this is great. But I remember driving my truck down the road listening to songs about me, and I'll never forget that till the day I die. And that's songs what you're talking about. about me. Yeah. And who I am. But that's that's one of those that anchors me back to that point yeah. because I can remember it like a movie in my mind to this day. And you know what? I mean, you remember everything Yeah. that period right yeah. there. I mean, everything. Yeah. You know one thing I miss about that period that you just brought up? I miss buying a CD not knowing anything but the single and finding out that the single was the worst song on the CD that where has where why hasn't anybody brought that point of view up oh my god i forgot about that too yeah, yeah. i mean it's and it wasn't even that it was the worst song on the CD but there were songs on there that oh, were just as oh, good yeah, they oh uh, yeah yeah so much more depth I, so, yeah i still to this day do not realize how they pick singles for some folks I mean, I, I get you want certain, you know, a certain image or whatever with it, but that's like uh, somebody brought up Garth Brooks the other day, and um, I was sitting there thinking about my favorite Garth Brooks songs. My favorite Garth Brooks songs were never singles, and do what? No, can you mute that? Mute what? this? Can I step out for like one second? Yeah, I, mean, I just want to. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't pause it. I just want to make sure I ain't gonna make a lot of noise. Okay. I'm checking to see what he got into. Oh, okay. Uh, but, like, my favorite Garth Brooks songs are ones that have never been released, but if I would not have had the whole CD, I'd have never, ever, never ever done it. And I wish more kids or more whatever now, uh, whoever buys damn music now, I wish they wouldn't just listen to the single. I wish they would listen to the whole thing. i tell you the one that re you talking about finding stuff that you didn't know was there. I'll tell you the one that really blew my mind is that. And that's when I bought the Aerosmith album that had uh, Dream On on it. Yeah. And, you know, Aerosmith is not necessarily even one of my, like, most hugely favorite bands. But I remember hearing all the other stuff that's on there. These weird breakdowns, this weird stuff they used to do. And I'm going, this is awesome. How that, have I never and heard that this? shaped you as a guitar player as a guitar, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, and it, it it went so it went into several different levels there. Just from like, man, why does why doesn't everybody know this or why why have not why haven't I heard this yet? But well, yeah. you're right. If if it's not what 
you know, the radio puts out, a lot of people just are oblivious to it. Every one of us, well, I say everyone, there's only three of us in here. We all have an artist that we absolutely love that gets no radio airplay. Uh, for mine, I mean, hell, I can, I've got a long list just like y'all do, but like Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill and Tyler don't have a song on radio, but I can sit here and sing you every one of the damn songs. And if it wasn't for me hearing, I think you're actually the one that told me about Sturgill Simpson several years ago. Yep. But, I mean, I just wish more people would dive into an artist. Like, hell, even with you, Dustin. Uh, I'd listened to Houston before uh, that writer's round in December. And Lee had sent me some of your stuff, and I liked it. But after I actually sat there and I heard you do the writer's round, and I heard some of the stories behind some of the songs... Hell, I think it was the next day. I was like, "Hey, just go and send me a Dropbox." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it was. I I felt bad that all I did was once I heard Houston, I liked it so much, and it was the top one on there. I was like, I don't have to download anymore. I got this guy. Yeah, and then no, completely shot. Like your new, uh, the new acoustic thing you just did. Oh man, dude, let me tell you. Uh, I had to change it like two or three times a day while always playing golf. Because it's in like my constant rotation to where. Somebody... Are you the one giving me all those Spotify? Spins? Oh, I am. I am. Man, thank you so <laughs> much. You're welcome. You keep playing golf and keep my numbers up. That's what I'm trying to. do. I got play. my report today, and I'm afraid we've really been tricking ourselves, thinking we got a lot of new fans. It's just Josh Terry playing a lot of <laughs> golf. <laughs> hey, all the golf I play. Uh, yeah, but I was sitting there and like I don't like playing y'all songs around you. Like I don't know. I'm just kind of weird about it because I don't want. I mean, y'all both know I'm not a like fanboy or nothing like that, but I think it's weird sometimes. Like maybe I'm wrong. Well, I don't what? think anybody really likes to hear their voice yeah, on the voicemail see, or anything. No. Yeah, but I keep like those songs. Like I think he tried to psych me out on that one par five when I was really getting close and had an approach shot. Oh, that was planned. Yeah. He oh, did and I had El Cerrito's place and the no, one. No, no, no. I like that one too. That you can't ever make me mess up on that one. Was it yesterday? How much golf have we played? We have played about a hundred holes since. You I don't know here. how much y'all have played, but I've watched a ton yeah. this week. <laughs> we played twenty-seven one day. We played eighteen the next, and then we played we played about twenty-seven. Now y'all played eighteen. I went and set up um, all the sound and everything. No, you didn't. You played, didn't you? No, I had to go set up sound. When me, you, Lee, and Trey played, I promise I had to go set up sound. No, I left. We played eighteen holes. You were there the whole time. So yes. the, day we, the day y'all played 27, I went and set up the stuff for the podcast at the house down there. That, no, that's the day we played 18 at Dodge County. When okay. we played so, at the Woods. We'll just agree we played 100 we'll say close. holes. Just shot, yeah. And we listened to great music. And yeah. some of it was mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Very little. Yeah, okay. we did. Back on no, that's good. But the point yeah. I'm getting to is, uh, like, you're, you're an artist that I hope that people don't just, even though... I really like the new acoustic album and the, the new song that you just had coming out uh, last weekend. Um, it's Me Again, Jesus. I just don't want people just to listen to just those. I wish it was almost a days of CD again to where if I like an artist, I'm going to buy their CD and then you're forced to listen to the rest of it, but then you end up loving the rest of it. And you don't even know, you're being you're tricking yourself into it because you like one song. And, you know, I think that's kind of in the selection of It's Me Again, Jesus to go first. 
that's kind of why. Like, you would never hear that song if we didn't put it out first. Yeah. You know what I mean? If we, if we just put it out as an EP, you wouldn't hear it. But I know that for a fact, on that trip back, when I had that added, when I was literally talking to Jesus coming back from Oklahoma, and I had my heart to heart with him, I think I, I knew that, no, I'm going to write that song, I'm going to record that song, I'm going to put that song out. Yeah. And whenever I, the time is right, it's happening. And but it wasn't just going to be an album cut, like it had to be. And it and timing things just worked out right, and it happened to fall on my birthday, and happened Easter to fall on, on Good Friday, and then you know here we are on Easter, Easter weekend, and it, it was just worked out. It was. I mean, I, I I firmly believe this. It's you know, you didn't know probably two months ago that you would be here this weekend. Uh, for all of that and everything. No. I mean, it. it's God's timing. And uh, I, I say it time and time again. I'm a Christian. I'm not an example setter. You know, I believe that it is my relationship with God. I don't have to explain what me and him go through. But I love the fact that you put your story into that song. And then, um, if you want, why don't you tell them a little bit more about how that song came about? Because that's what made me, even before you played a lick of it, you made me have a connection with that song because I was like, I've, I've been through this. I've felt this. I know what this man's going through. And then you throw in the actual goodness of the song. And it's like, all right, this one's going in rotation. <clears throat> well, like you said, I know I've not been the best example. Um, I also know that Every day, you're growing and you're learning and you're trying to do better. And I was in a point in my life where I wasn't doing well. I was at a point in my life where I was doing what I wanted to do and did exactly what I wanted to do. When that was all over, it was like I, 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 I had to get back home. And literally, I had to get back home. And I was like, if you can just help me get back home, Get me back centered. You know, I'm going to do better, but I got to have you right here, you know? And even in the song, you know, I I say, like, I know. I only, I only call you when I need you. You know what I mean? Um, And that was, you know, probably three years ago. And uh, I think it's just... A testament that we're all a work in progress, and yeah, I don't know what else to say other than you know, it's just I I have my conversations with him. Sometimes it's in a tree stand, sometimes it's in on a church pew, sometimes it's on a bar stool. Bad as that may sound, I'm not like I said, I'm not. I don't I don't think it sounds bad at all. I think I it, think it's honest. I, I think it's very, very honest, but I think what a lot of people miss when folks like you or me or Tyler say something about like maybe being on a bar stool or, you know, overdoing it and then still talking to God, I think it's a testament to us that even then we know the right place. Even then we know who we're supposed to be talking to. It's not 
it would be one thing, um, and this aggravates me about people, uh, it'd be one thing if you only called on God when things were bad and you were struggling and you were hurting. But that's not us. I mean, we're not those folks that only have that conversation with God on Easter weekend. I mean, I don't mean to knock anybody. By all means, go to church as much as you want to. I, I don't believe in organized religion, religion, but I believe in your own personal relationship with God. But I'll sit here and talk to God the same way you do. Yeah. And it can be on a good day. I know that I am being true to myself when I say there's a lot of times that good stuff happens to me and the first thing I say is thank you, good Lord. Yeah. And But he's the person that I call on to when things are bad. And I think that's what you're... I think it is... I think it's okay that when you are on a bar stool or you're drunk or whatever... That you're talking to God. He under, he understands why you're there and what you're calling on at the time. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily be drunk. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. It could be just you're not having a great day and, yeah. and you go somewhere. And I've had conversations. Like you said, you sat down and talked to that old man in a bar. Yeah. And you don't know how many lonely people just go to a bar sometimes because they just want somebody to talk to them. Absolutely. And that changes somebody's life. I have no idea what that did for them when I left, but I know I felt better after talking to them. Yeah. And I got to feel like they felt better. And that's just the, the whole point of everything, I think. It's just everybody just, if you can slow down and quit thinking about you, you, you all the time and have that one little, say, Jesus, whatever. Tell me what to do. Help me. Do something. You know, it opens your eyes. You can... You can change your life, other people's lives, and then they can change people's yeah. lives. Not that that's not even, that's not the point. None of that's yeah. the point. But just. Well, no, it's, 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 it is the point, but it's not the point because you're doing it the right way. And whatever's going to come out of it is going to be good because you're doing it the right way. It's, you know, we, we sit here, we struggle, we have hard days, and you got some people that, they don't know where to turn to. But when they hear a song like, it's me again, Jesus. You don't know if that's going to turn somebody to the good. One of the biggest things that has ever happened to me is when I was working in radio, we always used to do the, um, the preacher would call in in the morning. Love doing that. But I'm obviously not a preacher. I don't ever pretend to be. I believe that there's preachers in this world, and I believe that there's warriors. And both of them serve God. They serve it different ways. And we had this guy call in. And because of something that I said about this, how I know I'm a screw-up, but I know that he's my Lord and Savior. And things that I do in my life might not, you might not understand it, but he does. This guy called and said that we helped lead him to go to church, and he he, he found God. And he said he never thought about going before. Dude, that's awesome. Because yeah, he he said I didn't think I was. He he didn't say worthy, but he pretty much said he didn't think he was good enough to go to go to church. And I was like, look, I've tried to commit suicide. I have been borderline alcoholic. I've told some very bad jokes in my life. Uh, I have pissed off a lot of people. I've thrown many a punches. 
But that was all in God's plan for me. And the second that I quit thinking that everything happened to me for punishment and it happened to me for a learning experience and I realized that it was God's love, not God's hate that was being thrown at me, I was just too stupid to realize it. You know, I, I just kind of put it all out there one day. And that guy was like, you know, I, I, you made me rethink things. Yeah. So with your song or with like anything like that, it gives people an opportunity besides for hearing a preacher talk. Yeah. And like you said, I'm, I, I'm not a preacher and I've been in every honky tonk and every juke joint and every dirt road you can be on. But when that sun's coming up in the morning on the way getting back, you know, and like you said, if I can do it, anybody can do it, and everybody deserves it. Everybody, it's already been paid for. That's what Easter was for. That's right, and it's That's already been right. took care of. It's just well, here's here's the thing too. You know, we you've been on the road, Dustin. I've been on the road, Josh. We've been on the road together, and I feel like at some point or another, especially when you're. You know, and I know not everybody's on the road, but I know everybody in their life has certain things that happen that it, it's kind of like it's kind of like that when you're driving on the interstate and you see that big blinking sign that has that arrow pointing to the right or the left, and you know, oh, I need to get over this way, or I need to get back over this way, or whatever. And at, cer at certain points in everybody's lives, I feel like everybody has that certain little blinking sign. Wow, to where what an example, dude. You need to get over this way. You, you see it. You should get over right then. Yep. We want to wait till the last possible yep. second. And that's we? that's what I get from that song. Man. That's exactly what I get from that song, that, and I love it. He's right. That's, I the mean, that's, that's the best way I've ever heard it put, ever. Yeah. You're, I mean, for everything that we do, I mean, everybody's got to realize you got a platform. You're, you're musicians. People listen to y'all where they don't listen to other people. People listen to me for some unknown damn reason. But every once in a while when something gets put on your chest or something that hits you and you first thing you think of is how are other people going to see this? Like how you just coming up with that song, that'll help somebody. That What he just said about the blinking light, somebody's going to hear that song and that's going to be their blinking light. That, that's going to be their blinking light. We just don't ever know how we're going to be used. And... The reference that I mean all the time when I say that there's warriors in this world and there's preachers, think about like this. If we didn't live the lives that we lived, but still talked about our faith, then we don't have a testament. Like we have a different point of view on God than most people because, you know, I'm not going to speak for y'all when I say this. I'm going to speak for myself. I'm a heathen. At best, that's that's being polite about it, the stuff that I like to do. But I know at the end of the day who my Lord and Savior is. I know that for some of the stuff that I ask for forgiveness for, that at the time I'm put in that position that I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, as, as ass backwards as that sounds, I have talked about God at, to, with people at bars and in people with places. I, I had a buddy that has been, it's been a while ago. But he was, he was, he had knew that I had dealt with suicide and stuff before, and he wanted to know how I got through it, and how I kind of 
grabbed my mental health by the reins and said, I'm controlling you. You're not controlling me anymore. And that conversation led to us talking about God. And it started over us having a couple beers and talking shit and me knowing that something was off with him. Yeah. You know, I mean, me knowing and then him, for some reason, him feeling comfortable enough with me to open up. And if we're not in that situation and we're not drinking, he doesn't open he up. He doesn't open me. up, right? He doesn't open up. So that's what I mean by warriors. Is some of us are supposed to live a little rough, but we're still supposed to be an example of God's love. And I think that's what like you and you and me and other folks are. We weren't made to be preachers. God forbid in, in 2021, whatever, whatever year it is, we cancel culture and everything else. Me try to be a preacher because the whole congregation's going to go back and look at my Snapchat history <laughs> and, every, and, and, and everything I post on social media. Ain't going to be good. And I am going to get kicked out the bullpit before I get the damn thing. And, but that's not my calling. Like us doing this tonight, uh, you know, this, there's going to be somebody. I told Kristen Kelly this. I've told everybody this has done a show with me before, and it was actually taken serious. We've had some shows where we took it serious. We just had a good time, and people love to laugh, and they love to cut up, and they compliment how good the show was and things like that. But what did we do to help somebody? There will be someone who listens to this that needed a sign whether they believe in God or the universe or whatever. And they're, they're going to be like, oh, you know, these guys, regardless of all the shit that they talk, or me, not y'all, <laughs> they still love God. There's got to be something to that. There's got to be something to it. And that's, that's what I believe my platform's for, is to help people with their mental health and to, when it comes down to where God's the subject, me not to shy away from it, me not to be scarce about it or whatever, me to state my opinions and what I believe he's done for me. And, uh, well, speaking of that, dude, like, I don't know how much more time we got. Oh, we got all the time in the world. But then, like, uh, why did I really start doing music, probably? It was like a therapy. Like I told you, it was a place. It wasn't a thing. It was a, it was even looking back when we were just listening to them on the tailgate at a high school party where everybody else was out you know, chasing their girlfriends or drinking too much or whatever, I was sitting there with a beer listening to the music because that was my place. And then that place became, well, how can I get out what I wanted? You know what I mean? You let, I let other people say what I wanted to, to hear. Then I wanted to say what I wanted to say. Then next thing you know, I'm trying to write what I need to get out of me, but also how can I... I, I I shouldn't say I've ever wrote to try to reach somebody, but when I write it, I'm like, how could it reach somebody, if that makes any sense? There's a time, I feel like, when everyone in their lives come to a place that, and it's kind of like that blinking light, what it, but what, it, what, that, what we were talking about, that blinking light does, is it brings you, eventually you run out of, ways to go right or left or whatever and you wind up center and when you wind up center you come directly face to face with who you are what you are and you come to that place of honesty with yourself and that's where i feel like we as songwriters 
find ourselves when we write things like that just like you're talking about if you can if i can just get home out you're talking directly to him and it's where you come to that place of complete honesty not not like you have to fess up to something with somebody else or listen man i I screwed up and i'm sorry it's where you're in a place of complete honesty from 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 here to there i remember saying like i know i have done i've already made these half promise like i've crossed every line and it the fault it's all mine like i'm yes yeah. no it's no joke i know it's all me like it ain't no matter what's happened whatever it's just that's the thing that keeps you wanting to do it again that keeps you wanting to write songs again yeah. and uh see i'll tell y'all there is uh back when i was battling my mental health so bad in my early 20s there's a song uh, this is why I like working with y'all. I just don't think I've ever told you this, uh, Tyler. Um, there's a song by Matt Kennan, and it's called uh, The Call. Last Call. The Call. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This was a song that I remember not being right mentally, hearing this song, and it it changed my it, it made me perk up. It didn't solve the problem at the time because there was there was still it some let bad, you know there's somebody else. Yeah. Was doing the, yeah. There was. Exactly. It made me feel like I wasn't alone, even though it didn't help all the way through at the time. It helped later on more and more and more. And it's always a song that I push to people. I, with everything that I'm trying to build with Raising Grace Studios and everything else, there's a reason why I'm not just wanting to be around like poppy ass musicians and people who I don't think have something powerful to say is because I remember what that song made me feel like at my, one of my lowest, darkest days in my life. And I want people that actually have messages that are going to help others through their music as well as have a good time. I mean, I'm not expecting everybody that we're around all the time to write songs that are going to change somebody's life or whatever. By all means, enjoy your music, be happy, everything. But there's a couple of y'all that's got some powerful stuff that I've heard from you. And the reason why I think I look at it different than a lot of people is... You know, I've been that person that needed to hear those songs. We all we all have been at some point in time. Well, there's a reason why you say Matt Kennan, yeah. and I know who Matt Kennan is. No shit. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know, know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's you, a reason why. Oh, yeah, you called exactly. it because, because, Yeah, you called it as soon as you said it. I'm not saying I was in your situation, yeah. but that song, as soon as I heard it, yeah. you know what I mean? That struck you. I know he's wearing a peacoat. He's sitting on a... On a dock. I know exactly where I was. I know I was in my grandmama's house. I know exactly what she... I mean, like, when it goes back to memories and smells and everything. I know the first time I saw that song on CMT. You know, there's no telling how many people that song saved. Yeah. Not, not, Not just right that second, but maybe even... Further down the line, like you know what I mean. Like what was gonna happen? It stopped it right then, you know. Mm-hmm. It that's crazy, man. I mean, that's just country music. That's just yeah. well, you don't find it anywhere. That's why I am this person that pushes for people to be real. You know, I I'm fine with the fact that I got fired from radio. I'm fine with the fact that some things haven't gone my way in life and all this shit, and then I put myself through a lot of hell. Because I've realized at some point in time, my life isn't my life alone. You know, it is, I've been given weird platforms to where people listen. 
and people pay me attention to where they probably shouldn't. And I have to talk about these moments. I have to talk about these things. And it's because it's going to help one person. It's going to help one person because you don't feel alone anymore. That song made me feel like I wasn't alone, like I wasn't insane, like I wasn't freaking crazy. And it was just a country song. And if more of y'all put yourselves and your real into your songs, you are going to relate with someone who's in your same shoes. And you're going to help them. You might not ever know that you helped them, but you're going to help somebody. You know, there's a reason why the struggles you've been through, the things you've been through, why you're given this beautiful art that you have. And if you're allowed to be real and put those songs out there, they're going to make a difference in someone's life. Yeah, and it might just be one person. I think that the way things are right now, a lot of people get hung up on street. You said something the other night, Dustin, and I will remember oh, it God, for a long time. I, said. <laughs> I asked you the other night, I said, how do the streams and stuff look or whatever for yeah, your song that just came out? And you said, I don't even look at them. You said, I don't even look at them because sometimes they'll make you mad and there's no reason to even look at them. It's going to be what's going to be. And, uh, I thought about it, you know, the next couple of days and I was like, you know what? It, it don't even matter. And I, I don't think you meant it this way, but it, I hopefully you'll get it. But that's how I'm saying that that song will help at least one person. Yeah. If that song helps one person, then the hell with 10,000 streams. Yeah. That's worth it. Then, it. then that song was meant to be heard by one person or a group of people and the streams don't really matter. Nah. The downloads don't really matter. I mean, of course, no, no, no. like I, checks, but... No, 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 and I know that too. And I'm also at the point where uh, I knew when I moved to town there were certain things I wanted to accomplish, which was write the best songs I could and make the best record I could. I just didn't know what those songs were going to be or who the people I was going to work with to make <laughs> them. And pandemic, no pandemic, doesn't matter. I've checked off stuff that I wanted to do. And I'm proud of it. And I, I never thought I'd even reach that kind of level when I first moved here, to be honest. It was just, I have to go see what it's like because I've been given this gift. I want to go see what it's like. And there's still a lot to see. You know, there's still a lot to find out about. And right. this was just the first. Uh, the EP we put out was... You know, like a stepping stone to this, and then we got this song, and it's only been out for two days. You know were, what I mean? Like, it's were just you a, nervous at all <clears throat> at putting out a song about about God? No, because it it to me it wasn't it. It's not a Christian song, quote unquote, Christian per se. song. Right? You know, it's not. I'm not uh, pandering. To that it, it's a true story like yeah. i literally was on the interstate from tulsa trying to get back and that really happened and if anybody wants to do it i can tell you the the dirty dirty details of that that trip <laughs> you know what i mean that i don't want to have to bring up it, it and that ain't the first time i've said hey it's me again you know what i mean and yeah. i don't think that i'm the only person that's ever done that no matter well, what it and, is and chances are it ain't gonna be the last. No, it probably ain't. I mean, it's just no being doubt. honest. That's no. just 
you know. That's a good point. Yeah. It ain't gonna be the last either. And uh, that there's something in that production, that song with those guys. It's a tra- it's a road, you know. It's it's not. It was that interstate at the time, but after I did my talk with him, it wasn't a prayer. It was a talk. It was a conversation. Like I'm talking to him on the side of the road. Like you got to do this. It's got to happen, you know. All of a sudden, you know that. It's like get back on the highway and go. Set the cruise on seventy and go. And that's the way the song kind of came out too. Just uh, like I said, it, it felt like that while I was driving that day. It's just like breathe and go. <laughs> but make some changes and mean those changes. Right. And I get, I get off the road sometimes. I know I do, and uh, I want to get back on the road as best I can. You know, I want to try to get. I think everybody does. You want to stay but, focused. But I mean, see, I look at it different. I think that we're supposed to get off the road sometimes. I I think, I mean, everybody wants to be on a straight and narrow, right? Now, everybody does. But that. I don't think that's our road. I think some of us are meant to go down those rocky roads. I think that what we consider the straight and narrow isn't our, isn't our road. It's not if if we were weaker people, then we would have crumbled by now. Our road is a rocky road, no doubt. I mean that that has to be our road. Otherwise, I've lived thirty three years. In complete confusion about who the hell I am and what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, if the good Lord wanted me to be a preacher, I believe that he... I w- just think that... I just think... <laughs> we don't got to make it so hard on ourselves all the yeah, time. Yeah. We, just, we just always want to go ahead and try that one. Or at least I do. Oh, no, no, I've, I've, I always, I've always had a good time and had too good of a time. Or yeah. I've always... Uh, had something really nice right there in front of me, and that's a that's probably what I needed. And yeah. I said, nope, I think I want something more. Or I finally have somebody or something, and I say, ah, uh, I don't know if they really like me for who or whatever the term. You know what yeah. I mean? I always get in my own way, and I always. Anyway, that was just the part, that was what I wrote that song about. You know, was getting in my own way, going the pushing a little too far. And then making life harder than it's got to be sometimes. But guess what? Like you said, I'm just proud. I'm Because of him, I guess, I've been tough enough to find a way to keep doing it over and over again. Well, I'll, uh, I'll end it like this, just to hopefully you'll get this. If you wouldn't have done all that and you wouldn't have made it harder on yourself, you wouldn't have had your come-to-Jesus meeting with yourself, you wouldn't have wrote that song, and you wouldn't have helped somebody with that song. No, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. So, I mean... I'm poking fun at myself. I know you are. That's why I'm trying to... That's no, all. No, I know. That's, that's why I'm trying to tell you. Is we, all, we all struggle. We all struggle. But if you take your pain and give it a purpose... I've never heard it said like that, man. If you take your pain and you give it a purpose and you take what you consider failures in your life and don't consider them... Like, this is my thing. I don't consider anything that I fail at a failure anymore. 
I consider it a learning experience. Like I don't see, I will not view myself as failing at anything again is if it doesn't work out and I don't succeed in it, then I wasn't meant to. Hmm. If something's broken, we are stupid, stupid animals or human beings, where you want to put us. There's things called breakups and there's things that just don't work in this life. And we focus so much on fixing them. But if you think about the word broken, it's something that can't be fixed most of the time. Hmm. So if something breaks, it's meant to be broken. We have to get over it. We have to move on. And eventually the things that we want in our life won't break. Dude. Have either of y'all ever heard the the story of Thomas Edison when he was trying to invent the light bulb, the incandescent lamp or whatever? Where he failed so many times? He failed over a thousand times. And they said, how did it make you feel to know that you had over a thousand failures? He said, we didn't have over a thousand failures. We had over a thousand ways that we found not to invent this light bulb. Yeah. Same we thing. had to go through every time to figure out, okay, this ain't how we do it. Move on to the next one. Well, dude, so and it only takes that one time of figuring out how to how to put it all together. <clears throat> yeah, I just had another birthday. There's other stuff. I have an education I can do with music other than music. And I love music. And I would, I want it so bad. But, I mean, I've been beating my head against the wall near about since the day I moved to Nashville. I've sacrificed so much. I'm not the only person. I'm not special. Okay, I don't want anybody to think that I do anything extra that anybody else doesn't do. But I've always took it that way, like you said, a yeah. failure. It's it's let down after let down after let down. And sometimes you can't see you can't see the successes for all of the failures because well, Dustin, that's pretty stupid. Every, you write a song every day. Yeah. Not every song's going to make it. I mean, in baseball, you fail seven out of ten times, and you go to the Hall of Fame. Exactly. You know what I mean? Say why, why, don't, why, don't, why don't I look at it that way? You know? You I mean, to, you have to. I mean... I, I, I got I really think you got to remember what you started doing it for. Yeah. Definitely. Why'd you start doing it? I did it for I did it for therapy. I did it for an outlet. I did it for my love of it. If it ever made any money, if it ever made anything else, that's that was gravy, you know. Well, if you stay true to yourself, how do you lose? I mean, valid, honestly, if valid you, valid question. If you stay true <laughs> to yourself, at the end of the day, how do you lose? You were making your statement. You were putting your heart out there. You did it your way. If you succeed, you did it your way. And uh, if you fail, then you still did it your way. The problem that you get with folks is they all of a sudden start doing it somebody else's way, and then they fail, and they lose oh, yeah. everything they've got. That would be worse. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I, would rather do what I would rather do exactly what I've done this year and get 17 spins on Spotify and be like, I did exactly what I wanted to do with exactly who I wanted to do and sing it exactly I wanted the way I want to sing it. See, that's when you're going to get blessed, though. When you quit... Jeez, why weren't you here telling me this like I, I, five I, years I, ago? I, I was up there doing it. Everybody was telling me what to do. <laughs> I listened to the main ones. I'm just, I'm just poking fun again. but No, I, well, the, 
Dude, doing it your way, you can't. There's no wrong. You're right. That's you don't. Nice. You don't lay up in bed tossing and turning, and I don't know what it's like to write a song, but you're not laying in bed tossing and turning and being like, "Damn, I and I know it would have been better if I just wouldn't have listened to them, and I would have just done it my way." It's woulda, coulda, shoulda, or whatever. Like, why not bet on yourself and bet on your way, your heart, your inspiration? The way you saw the world has got you to where you got now. Uh, I know like there's certain places in this world that once we get to that city or just that place or whatever, we let the things that changed us, when change uh, or we let things that when we get there change us. Yeah. But it was our way that got us there in the first place. It's just like when you're dating somebody. When they fall in love with you, they fall in love with you because you're who you are but then all of a sudden they want to change you into somebody else and when you start making those changes they somehow don't love you anymore and they're not smart enough to realize you fell in love for me for who i am not the person you wanted me to be but now i'm trying to be the person you want me to be and you don't love me no more doesn't make any damn sense Okay, what time do you start teaching this class every Tuesday? Because I will be here. <laughs> hey, inspirational. Well, just I'm don't... serious, dude. No, see, there's a there's a lot. You said a lot of really powerful things tonight, and a lot of just simple things that make a lot of sense. You know. Well, I mean, sure. I I don't think it's a mistake that I'm here doing this. I have way too much fun doing this, and I don't understand how I get paid for it. Still, I think too. You need to get some credit for conversations like this. Yeah. You know, you don't just need to be the shock jock Howard Stern oh, yeah, yeah. of the South or whatever. Well, th- uh, I told y'all. Because that's not the guy I've, that's not the guy I've actually met and hung yeah. out with. And, right. Well, and I, when, when I see you talk to other people and I see the stuff you do behind yeah. the scenes, I think there's a lot more to you. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to your platform, so to speak. And, the people you surround yourself with, Tyler, all you guys, y'all, well, I, y'all gotta, have a vision, y'all have yeah. a heart, y'all have something y'all want to do. And well, don't get me wrong, I understand y'all got to go out and do your thing. Yeah. But well, it's just I have defined what success means to me, not by my bank account, but by my happiness. And one day, if I get if I get hammered and I'm happy, that day was a success. Tonight, played golf all day. I'm sitting here having a serious conversation with you two guys, and it's not the shock jock stuff. I love doing this. Today's a success. The podcast we did the other night, I've cried myself laughing. It was a success. <laughs> my success is defined by my happiness. And, you know, I hate seeing people that I think are so talented like y'all look at that bank account and say, or look at the the streams or whatever, you're letting somebody else define your happiness. It's your life to live. You should be the one defining your happiness and not letting anybody steal your joy or whatever. I post a lot of stupid stuff, but if it makes me happy, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you At the end of the day, I, I love that old line that, you know, there's... Your birth date, the day you die, and that dash in the middle. 
And that's what we are defined by on our tombstones. That dash. Look, you came in this world alone. You're leaving this world alone. That period in the middle is for you to make yourself and everyone around you as happy as possible. On your tombstone, there is not a dollar amount. There is not what you left in the bank. It is not what the money you gave to your youngins. You know, I've never seen anybody put, I had a 730 credit score on my tombstone. <laughs> you know, I've seen it. That he was a beloved father. He was a beloved friend and that stuff. And that's why yours is going to be epic. It ain't going to say nothing that. I know it's going to be huge. Yours yeah. is going to be, yours is going to be I'm going to have a 70 inch tombstone. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be bigger than my TV. By then, will we even have stones anymore? Or we have holograms. Uh, I don't I, know. I still can't make up my mind if I'm. Going I to want them to upload every fun dance night I've ever had, like you had when oh, you do yeah. that thing. Yeah. I want a hologram above me. If it has sound, they're going to have to put him in a soundproof box that uh, you have to be 18 and above to go inside. No. Oh yeah, I didn't think about yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by then, by then you'll have to you'll have to flash your eye watch or whatever. I hope prove so. you're 18, then you can come visit Josh Cherry's grave. I hope so. <laughs> that sounds like the most exclusive yeah. badass grave ever. Every Friday night, there's <laughs> techno music. No, yeah. there'll definitely not be techno. It's music. just oh, like late. Be. It'll be like late night the other night. Latin night. No, no, some of those can be there. Okay. That's probably how I got in the box in the first place. One too many bad jokes at Latin night. Hey. <laughs> and then we're done. Uh, now, Dustin, uh, last thing I'll say, get off here. Tyler, if you want to say something to him too, um, I appreciate you coming this past week. You Having you down here and actually getting to know you, um, it's, it's been a blessing. And just you being around and hearing your perspective on things. And, uh, you know, I, I give Lee a hard time, but I see the way you treat Lee and you love him just as much as I do. And it just is like one more member of our family. I, I see all y'all's family and I don't call, uh, likewise, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's the different connection and there's a reason why all of us are coming together and meshing, you know, one of us is going to take off, and when one of us takes off, the family's coming with. And because sure. I mean, everybody's just as talented. Like, y'all, y'all are way more talented when it comes to the music side. I'm good at this, and I promise y'all, if this keeps growing and this keeps getting bigger, the number one thing I'm always going to do is have my friends that are putting something positive in the world out there. You doing that song and all the other ones you've done, the stuff that Tyler's got coming, these are the people I want around. And like you said, it all happens at the right time. You know? Yeah, sure. We've Sorry. been trying to do this for a, a long time. It just never worked out. We tried to do it for I a week. It didn't work out. You, this, I want, this is the... This is... I mean, think out. about the weekend that it happens. Yeah. Your birthday, all this stuff, it happened at the right time. Somebody was on, I, I'll tell you, you'll get the message. Somebody was on a road they didn't want to be on, and they heard that song, and they heard that song because, and I, they would have heard it anyway, but maybe because I shared it. Yeah, that's for real, man. That's all coming together. We don't know who it is, but I guarantee it happened. And I'm proud of it. I'm, I appreciate you for it. You're welcome. Go I, ahead, Tyler. I will say this. I uh, 
overall, I'm glad I got to see you, brother. Yeah, that's I, been so I mean, long, man. And and anybody who who has been around Nashville or lives in Nashville or, or has played on the road or just gets tied up in their job knows what I'm talking about. You know, it, it's funny how you have friends who you consider so close to you. And you see each other and you hang out and you're like, all right, man, let's let's not let it be so long again. And and then next time you see that person, you're like, hey, man, how you been? What's been going on with you? And you realize, holy crap, I hadn't seen this guy in six months or a year. It's been longer than that. I swear it don't feel that it long. It doesn't. It, 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 but it's like you, you have those friends you pick up right yeah. where you left off. And you're one of those friends for me. And I, I appreciate I you being you down too. here. I love you too, brother. It's always good to see you. Me and this guy, we, we've, had some, we've had some cool times on the road. And it and just every time on I see boat? you on a boat, <laughs> every, every time yeah. I see you, everything just comes back and it does, it it fills my heart, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you as an artist, as a musician, and just as my friend. Yeah, I appreciate nice. you. Hey, look, I know y'all are sleeping in the same bed together or not, but y'all just keep it brotherly. I don't, I don't know who the hell Got told that. you that. Brotherly love. Keith on Whitley. Mm. We started with Keith and we ended yeah, with boy. Keith. I'm on that chair right there, son. <laughs> oh, you can sleep wherever, buddy. All right, folks. Well, thank y'all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast. We will catch you next time.